All right. <laughs> Good morning again. Come here. Welcome. I hope you all had a wonderful Christmas and a happy new year so far and hope it'll be blessed and you'll be uh, prosperous and all that good stuff this year. We certainly enjoyed our time. We had we spent some time with two of our grands and I, I you know, I don't know what it is about kids but with Christmas but our two, these two are, I don't, we could have wrapped up uh, trash and put it in a box and they'd been excited. Okay, I'd never seen such excitement about opening up presents. So, anyway, it was a joyous and wonderful time. I only have one announcement. I have a couple I'll share with you at prayer time. I have one announcement and that is that on the second hymn, which is hymn number 247, the second hymn, we're only going to sing the first and last verse. First and last verse of the second hymn. Okay? All right. And let us begin our worship together.
The Lord be with you. And also with you. Let us pray together. O oh, Almighty God, by the birth of your holy child Jesus, you gave us a great light to dawn on our darkness. Grant that in his light we may see light and that we may have the ever-brightening hope of everlasting life. Through Jesus Christ our Savior. Amen. Let us affirm our faith. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. He ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God, the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. be seated and I think if we have any children if you would come forward for children's time 
Miss Amy has prepared something, I'm sure. y'all are here today because I planned this lesson and I didn't want to have to tell it to the adults. So, um, This is a brand new year and tomorrow when you go back to school you will be starting the second semester, the second half of the year and that is a good time just like in the new year to make new beginnings. Have any of you ever made a mistake before? Can you tell me about it? You got a question wrong on a test, okay. One of the um, things I thought about when I was preparing this was how I hurt somebody's feelings, a friend of mine, I hurt her feelings and I didn't mean to and I didn't even know I was doing it until it was too late because the words had already come out of my mouth. Well, what do you do when you make a mistake? You say sorry? Yep, you say you're sorry. Do you ask the person, if you hurt somebody, do you ask them to forgive you? Yes, and that's, that's hard to do sometimes. But as we begin a new year, we have something called New Year's resolutions. And New Year's resolutions are promises that you make to yourself to try to be a better person. And sometimes when we ask for forgiveness from other people, that trains us to help, to help us ask God for forgiveness, because we always make mistakes. But when you're born into the world, you're born without any sin. You're like a blank piece of paper. There's nothing on it. You're blank. You, don't, you haven't made any mistakes. But as you grow, you start to do things and you start to make some mistakes. And it gets complicated. And so you have to ask God for forgiveness. Now, God wipes the slate clean for you. When you ask for forgiveness and you ask prayerfully, He wipes the slate clean so that you are forgiven and you can start over. It's kind of like getting a do-over. And that's a good thing about God and about, about our faith. Our faith helps us to have do-overs. Now this morning, um, Pastor Joseph is going to talk about Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. And in that part of the scripture, it talks about how the wise men looked in the sky and they saw a, they saw a star that they were going to follow. And they were going to follow it to find the baby Jesus. Well, that's what we need to do. We need to be like the wise men, and we need to follow the star. Here it is. There's the star. Thank you. There's the star. And we are going to be like the wise men. We need to follow this star to lead us and to remind us to go toward Jesus and Jesus' teachings so that we can be forgiven. We're going to make mistakes because we're human. We're going to make mistakes. But in the new year, you can practice a lot by asking God prayerfully to forgive you from your sins. Okay, let us pray. Repeat after me, please. Dear Heavenly Father, Dear Heavenly Father please forgive us from our sins. 
Please forgive us for our sins. And help us to prayerfully ask for forgiveness when we do something wrong. Ask for forgiveness when we do something wrong. This I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. I have a star for each of you. covers the earth, and the thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you, and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light, and the kings to the brightness of your dawn. Lift up your eyes and look about you. All assemble and come to you. Your sons come from afar, and your daughters are carried on the hip. Then you will look and be radiant. Your heart will throb and swell with joy. The wealth of the seas will be brought to you. To the riches of the nations will come. Herds of camel will come to your land. Young camels from Midia and Ephah and all from Sheba will come, bearing gold and incense and proclaiming the praise of the Lord. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Thank you. 
Thank you, Lynn, and the choir. We, and just in case you didn't know, Lynn was filling in for us while the SPRC searches for a, a music director. And we thank you very much. And thank you, choir, for that beautiful music. As we come into this time of prayer, I want to remind you of a couple of extra prayer requests. One is Priscilla Watson's mother passed away in North Carolina. And so she's on her way there. And Wayne Reeve, who is a shut-in nursing home member of our church, passed away this week. And the service is still to be scheduled. And Elmore House is in the hospital with an infection and may have to have his toe amputated. So I want you all to remember all these in your prayer, in your prayer time. Let us pray. Oh, Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayers. Oh, Lord, in the darkness you shined upon us. Your glory rose upon us. And we have been called to that light, that light of your presence. And we praise you for this wondrous wisdom. And we give thanks for this great mercy you've extended to us. We're reminded this day that and we must confess that we're often like those wise men or magi in seeking your son. We do that so that we might give him our finest gifts. But too often, we're more like Herod and we have a hidden purpose. You have shined a new light upon us, but we have not always used this gift to light the path for others to find him. Jesus came among us to be the light of the world, but so often we try to follow our own light. And when we do, we end up stumbling in the darkness of sin. Oh God, we pray this day that you'd have mercy upon us again, that in your justice you'd look upon us as poor sinners that we are and deliver us from evil. And by your mercy, may we be counted again your children. And by your Spirit's power, help us to know what it means for our lives so that we might show forth your greatness. Inspire us this Epiphany Sunday to bring our best gifts to your service. So just as long as the sun and moon endures, your name may be praised throughout the earth. Empower us to reach out to those who do not yet know you, that they too may share in your blessing. We ask that in your mercy, you would restore to wholeness the people whom we lifted up this day. We pray for all them that we have named, plus those on our prayer list and those that are private in our hearts now. We pray, O oh Lord, that you'd heal the sick, 
relieve the suffering, visit those who are lonely, give peace to those who are dying, and comfort those who mourn. We pray that you would hear us, good Lord, and let your light shine upon us this day because we pray in the name of that one who came to show us the light, Jesus Christ our Lord. And we pray as he taught, saying these words, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Let us continue our worship with our giving. Let our ushers come forward at this time.
Please be seated. Before I read our scripture, I want to uh, give you a little idea of what's going to happen. This is the this is Epiphany Sunday, which is the Sunday closest to the Epiphany. And the whole 12 days of Christmas idea began on Christmas Day and actually doesn't end to Epiphany. And uh, this is, of course, the Sunday that we celebrate that star that guided those wise men to the place of birth of Jesus Christ. Coming up after we're in this Epiphany season, which I think that is probably one of the seasons of the church here is kind of forgotten a little bit, I believe. But as soon as the Epiphany season is over, we move into Lent. And I wanted to just let you know that Lent begins with Ash Wednesday, which is February, I believe, the 18th. And then you have five Sundays in Lent, and you have Palm Sunday, and then we have Holy Thursday, and then Easter Sunday. This year, I will be preaching a series of sermons on the seven last phrases of Jesus from the cross. And I hope that you would be here all and commit to be here during the whole Lenten period so that you could follow and hear those in progression as they are preached. Give now your attention to the reading of God's holy word as found in Matthew chapter 2. Verses 1 through 12. By the way, what Sarah Catherine read for, to you in Isaiah was the prophecy that came through with this scripture reading here. The prophecy of Isaiah hundreds of years before it actually happened and it was recorded for us in Matthew. After Jesus was born in Bethlehem in Judea, during the time of King Herod, Magi or wise men, from the east came to Jerusalem and asked, Where is the one who has been born king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. And when King Herod heard this, he was disturbed and all Jerusalem with him. And when he had called together all the people's chief priests and teachers of the law, he asked them where the Christ was to be born. In Bethlehem in Judea they replied, For this is what the prophet has written. But you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah, for out of you will come a ruler who will be shepherd of my people Israel. And then Herod called the Magi secretly and found out from them the exact time the star had appeared. And he sent them on to Bethlehem and said, Go and make a careful search for the child. And as soon as you find him, report to me so that I too may go and worship him. And after they heard the king, they went on their way, and the star they had seen in the east went ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. And when they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. And then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold and incense and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. This is the Word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Oh Lord, we thank you this day again. Uh, help us to see the significance of Epiphany. Help us to understand that everything didn't occur that night that Jesus was born. That and almost two years later, when he was just a toddler, he was visited by these from the east. The star shone above 
the manger all that time as a sign to all peoples of the world that God had intervened into the world to take us from darkness to light. Help us to see and understand what epiphany means in our individual life. We pray in Christ's name. Amen. I don't know, you may be one of these people I am that kind of get depressed when all you see is gray sky all the time. I mean, you give me about a week's worth of gray sky and my mood is just really low. And a lot of people complain about how dark it is during the winter months. But imagine if you lived in the little town of Barrow, Alaska. Any of you been to Alaska? Anybody here been to Barrow, Alaska? It is located on the farthest northern tip of the state of Alaska. It is even above the Arctic Circle. That's how far it is. Now in Barrow, Alaska, the sun sets in the afternoon sometime in November, and then it doesn't rise again until late January. They have almost 90 days of darkness when the sun doesn't shine. You see, the earth tilts in such a way so because of where they are on the earth, the sun doesn't show itself for this period of time every year. But then at the end of that period of time, the sun reappears. And when the sun finally reappears, the whole town comes out and celebrates. They have a big, big celebration because finally the light has appeared again and they're no longer in darkness. In our Old Testament lesson, the prophet Isaiah is talking about this light. It's a different kind of light, a, a kind of light that overcomes a different kind of darkness. And when this special light that God speaks about begins to shine through this ugly darkness, the results are so much more spectacular and joyful than anything you could experience in northern Alaska. And as I said, today is that Sunday we celebrate that we begin the epiphany season of the church year. So epiphany, an epiphany means this. It means some, simply something that reveals itself, something that's been hidden and it shows itself. For example, in Barrow, Alaska, after all those days of darkness, the sun that has been hidden finally shows itself and it reveals its glory for everyone to see. That is an epiphany. In the church year, the epiphany season is when the Son of God is revealed in all His glory for everyone to see. And so for the next few Sundays, as we're in the epiphany season, the scripture readings, the hymns, the sermons, everything you see in here will, in our worship service, will be serving one purpose, and that is this, to reveal to you, to show to you the glory of our Savior Jesus Christ as He begins His public ministry. And since we know so little about His childhood, we usually jump right into His baptism as an adult next Sunday. You can sum up the festival of Epiphany with one phrase, from darkness to light. That's what it's really about. And it's an appropriate time, really, to think about the light and the sunshine in the midst of the darkness of winter. As the scripture said in Isaiah, arise 
and shine for your light has come and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. The Bible pictures us and the world as a group of people who live in darkness. People who wait in the darkness. People who are wanting for the sun to rise. And so the Lord reminds us again in that Isaiah passage, darkness covers the earth and thick darkness is over the people. See, it's important for us to realize the way God sees us. God sees our world as a very dark place, a very spiritually dark place. And if you look around and you pay attention to events and things that occur, you will see it is clear, at least to me, that there is some very dark places spiritually in this world and that very many people are in a dark place spiritually. So what people try to do when they look around and see that the world is dark, they try to look for some light. And the first place they look is usually within. They look within to see if they can find some light, some good. And yes, there is some good, but mostly when we look at ourselves in real close uh, perspective, we find that we are full of darkness too. We have selfishness and materialism. We're jealous. There's so many ways that we're, we have darkness within us. And that's why God sees our inner being as a dark place, a place full of sin. And that's why the Lord says this thick darkness that is over the peoples is about to be taken care of because the Lord is going to rise and His glory will appear. So the birth of Jesus Christ is described in the Bible really as the rising of the sun on a very, very dark place. And when this sun rises, this darkness disappears. The darkness of our sin and our guilt is covered by the light of Christ that rises in our life. Jesus shines His forgiveness and grace into our life. And the darkness then begins to disappear. You know, if, if you feel guilt in your life or you feel a guilt from committing a sin or a guilt from trying to make things right with God, it means that you have, are simply still trapped in the darkness. It means that you need this light of Christ to arise into your spirit. It means you need to understand once again what it means that Jesus was born into the world. You see, what it means is that He came for the sole purpose of doing what we cannot do, which is to make things right again with God. Until things are made right again with God, we wallow in our sinfulness and our darkness. But once we learn about Jesus Christ... We start learning things like this. We learn that our sins are forgiven. If we ask for forgiveness, we are forgiven. We learn that Jesus, who was born into this world as innocent as there ever was anyone, takes upon himself as an adult all the sins of the world. And he bears them to the cross, and there they are nailed forever. So God will forgive and God will take that guilt away 
if you come to the cross. It is as, as if the sun had risen in Barrow, Alaska just for you. I tell you, there was a point in my life when I realized this, and I wished I could tell you that it was when I was a young kid, you know. I'd like to say that it happened when I was just little, and from that point on I led a blessed life. But it didn't. It actually occurred for me as an adult, as a, as a you know, not 20s adult, but in my 30s. And it occurred to me in a communion service. Uh, uh, during a walk to Emmaus, which is a spiritual walk that you can go on. Some of you may have been on it. There was a moment there when I realized that I needed to let the sin in my life and the guilt in my life, I needed to let that die out of my life. And the only place that it can die is at the foot of the cross. That's the only place where your guilt can really melt away. And once that guilt melts away then you do feel like a light has come upon you, that a light has dawned upon you. Because you finally can see that because of Christ, everything can be good between you and God. You do not have to fear a wrathful God. You've gone from darkness to light. And this is epiphany. When the darkness in your soul is overcome by the glory of Jesus Christ. Those epiphany moments should be cherished because what it is is that we have, for, we have stopped trying to trust in our salvation uh, as something that others give us or that something we do brings us and we start trusting in Christ. That by faith alone we are saved. This is what happened, I believe, to the wise men from the East. I contend they weren't wise until they finally got there and saw Jesus. I contend they were curious up in that point. And most of us are curious. We're curious uh, about things, and sometimes that curiosity actually brings us inside of a church. It probably brought most of you at one point, either that or a parent, who insisted you be at church. But these wise men, you see, are emphasized because they are non-Jews. And that's important for us to remember, too, about how important Epiphany is for us Gentiles. You see, they were Gentiles, non-Jews. They were not believers of Jehovah God. They were from a faraway land. They came from a place where no one knew uh, Christ, no one knew about the true God and who was sending a Savior. But they were curious. And that's why they're the focal point of the, of the Epiphany season. Because they knew that when they saw the star, they knew something extraordinary was going on. And so these men left the comfort of their own land, even though it was a land of spiritual darkness, and they journeyed to see this light to see this light that was overcoming the darkness. And so they made this long trip to Jerusalem. And you know what? They were probably surprised to see that this city was just as spiritually dark as the land they had come from. It's obvious the king didn't know anything about it. 
Even the teachers of the law and the uh, priest, high priest, they knew the prophecy, but pretty much was going about their life ignoring it. None of them had ventured to Bethlehem to see if it was true. Imagine how they must have thought when they walked in and found out that everybody there was spiritually dark too. Imagine if a visitor went to a church and come in and found out the church was just as spiritually dark as they, what they came from. It's important for us to let our light shine to attract people to the Lord. But they journeyed on. They were still curious. And finally they found the Messiah. And Isaiah talks about this in that verse that was read that said, Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. And they will come bearing gold and incense and proclaiming the praise of the Lord. Prophecy fulfilled when they showed up. When they got there, they found this little child. He would, be, he would have been about a two-year-old infant, best biblical scholarship can tell us. And they were amazed the light still shone over their place that he was. They saw the glory of God in this light. And it filled them with spirit of awe and worship. Do we still, are we still filled with a spirit of awe and worship? Do we still enter the sanctuary and look upon the beautiful windows and the cross and the stained glass and the candles and everyone assembled, do we still look upon it with awe and wonder? Do we still see the glory of God present? Well, they had gone from darkness to light. And so they rejoiced. And they gave to this child who the glory of God had announced with a heavenly splendor of lights. They gave this child these gifts. Some call the Epiphany season the Gentile Christmas. You know, it might be that's why about half of the Christians in the world celebrate Christmas on the Epiphany. If you had grown up Orthodox or if you lived in Orthodox country, Orthodox Christians, you might even see a news blurb about it, uh, celebrate their Christmas Tuesday. Maybe it's because this main theme of the Epiphany is that Christ is not only a light for a select group of people, but He's a light for all people all over the world. And so the epiphany season then is when anyone living in darkness, the darkness of sin, any people, whether they be like you or me or not, any people, whether they be like the wise men from the East, anyone can come and enter and see the glory of God as He reveals it through the person of Jesus Christ. We still reveal the glory of God, especially, I believe, in a specific, special way every time we partake in communion. We had communion at the 9 o'clock service. We will have communion here the first Sunday in February. That shows once more the glory of God, the mystery of God, the mystery of one who gave himself up for us and continues to nourish us 
and feed us and love us. You see, just as the sun rises on every nation, on every kind of people, no matter who you are or what your background is, just as the sun every morning rises upon you, so it is with Christ. His grace, His forgiveness, His salvation rises and shines on not only those there that day in Bethlehem, not only on those wise men who were traveling, but His grace and forgiveness rises and shines on every person on this earth every day. Every person is invited to believe in this child, to worship Him, to find their salvation in Him. But you must actively seek Him if you really want to go from darkness to light. So I say to you this day, in conclusion, that no matter how dark the world might appear, whether it is your individual world or the big world outside of your individual life, the light of Jesus Christ is never going to stop shining. It will not stop shining. It's always there. Oh, it may be hidden for a while by some clouds. But it's always there for the taking, for the participation, for the loving and involvement of it in your life. Don't feel too sorry for those people in Barrow, Alaska. I want to say one more thing about that. While it is true that right now, <laughs> this moment, the sun has not risen, and they're in complete darkness. There will come a point in time when the earth will tilt. And I think it's a great, it's a great metaphor for what? If you think about it, there came a point in time when everything changed. That epiphany star appeared. And it's the same thing with those folks in Barrow, Alaska. There comes a point in time when the sun start shining again and for several months the sun does not stop shining you have 24 hour sunshine and people call the place the land of the midnight sun I have never experienced that I hope someday maybe I can it sounds like a wonderful thing to see the sunshine 24 7 and so it is with your soul your soul thirst for the sunlight of Christ 24-7. And once the grace and the mercy and the forgiveness of Christ rises into your life, it will never stop shining. No matter how dark the world gets around you, Christ's love will be there. Christ's love will continue to shine uh, on you. And so my greeting for you for this epiphany season is this is I pray that you will see more clearly the glory of Jesus Christ as it appears in various places in epiphany moments as you journey through your days. Remember, the light has come and the glory of the Lord has risen upon us. Amen.
Now may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship and communion of the Holy Spirit be yours this day and each day. Amen. Oh.